What's going on, Clipper Nation? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, it's me, William the Opinion Update. And I am positive Chuck Mockler. And we are Locked On Clippers, part of the Locked On NBA Network. And we're still coming at you at least two days a week at with fresh Clippers content. In the off uh, today is Tuesday, <laughs> meaning we're going to be doing our regular Twitter Tuesday show. We're, you can catch that on Twitter. That's at Locked On Clips. Uh, every Tuesday, generally around 1.30 p.m. Pacific yeah. time. But uh, yeah, check Twitter for the exact time and date. If you're ever wanting, just itching, uh, to, to ask us a question but are unable to tune in during the live stream, go ahead and just Fire send those off. questions anytime at Locked on Clips, at Charles Mockler, at Will Updike, uh, and we will definitely include them in the show. Yeah. So today we're going to kick things off with a recap of our one of our a pod favorite. Absolutely. Uh, Strongest man in the NBA. Danilo Gallinari's season uh, for 18-19, and then we're just going to be taking questions live the whole time. We'll be talking a little bit about uh, the all-rookie team. We'll be talking <laughs> about... Uh, we got some things to say. Uh, we got some stuff going on. <laughs> so all that and more coming up right about now. First, before we get into Gallo, want to give a quick shout-out to Tom's Urban at LA Live. If you're watching the stream, you've probably seen us there. You know we've mentioned it. Uh, go check it out for the NBA draft, especially football starting. They're a great Rams bar. Uh, shout-out Locked on Rams as well. Uh, yeah, good Buffalo chicken pizza. Very cheap drinks during the happy hour. You can get giant beers for very cheap and micheladas yeah. for all the— I think Sunday through Thursday. Yes, for all the cultured people out there who need micheladas, Tom's Urban, LA Live. Let's get into this Gallo season recap. Yeah. We're going to start off with some stats for you guys for the whole year. Danilo Gallinari, strongest man in the league. Oh, yeah. If you have any question of that, let us know, I guess. Get at us. He averaged 19.8 points per game. Let's just call it 20. Six boards, two assists on splits of 46, 43, and 90. So close to 50-40. So good. So close to hitting that 50-40-90 mark. Unbelievable. Um, and probably would have had we not uh, needed to, him to bail us out of uh, multiple games because of his consistent performance. Definitely. He played 30 minutes per game. Oh, yeah. Offensive rating of 125. Monster. Defensive rating, 112. Way better than I thought it was Pretty solid. Uh, um, he had a stretch in March where he scored 20-plus points in eight games. And like the three games before that, he hit like... 19, 20, and then 19. So it could have been for sure. 11 and games. Uh, on the defensive end, also, I would say that this was his highest effort year defensively. It has um, to be like one fifth or one twelve is you know it's it's all right. Um, it's you know a little bit better than average. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think like watching him and his impact on the game, uh, it was even higher. Uh, he took some key charges at times. Oh, dude, he um, took a charge against the Kings and won us the game. And like <laughs> he he was just a lot more willing to body people up in the post uh, and get a lot more physical. And I think a lot of that has to do with him for the first time in a long time coming into this mm-hmm. season. After a full, healthy offseason. He didn't break his hand, punching anyone in the face, yeah, which he, is great. He, he had time to fully commit, leading up to the world game, uh, and then leading into the Clippers regular <laughs> of season. Of course, he had we, the first glimpse we saw of him this year was in the Team World versus Africa game. Yeah. Very weird competition. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why they're <laughs> designating it that way, but whatever. That's what they do. Uh, but Gallo looked great in that. That kind of goes in. What were your initial... So Gallo, I mean, coming into the season, what did you think was going to happen? Um, For those of you on the stream, feel free to chime in as I well. I got to be honest. I was really wrong about this. Uh, coming into the season, uh, I had been disappointed, obviously, with Gallo's very short season before. Yeah, tough uh, lot to be. <laughs> I was definitely worried about the salary cap hold, just given 
Um, I wasn't sure exactly what he would be able to reliably contribute, nor that he would be able to make it through an entire season without injury. Yep. Uh, however, I was wrong, uh, and I was very pleasantly surprised by watching him. Like the offense, you know, we knew the offense was going to be good, but yeah. I'm going to keep coming back to this. Like just the effort defensively, uh, and you know, he stepped up in rebounding after the loss of Tobias Harris, Huge. Uh, the trade. So, man, uh, yeah, he exceeded all my expectations. Uh, I I think most people would have to agree. Uh, a lot of people on the stream are saying I only wanted to see him healthy. That's really kind of what our goals were. Yeah, that was kind of <laughs> that was kind of baseline. Is like, man, if he could play sixty plus games, uh, you know, the ceiling for this team is is infinitely raised. Yeah, and we were both a little on the pessimistic side that he would play that many games. I think if we go back and listen, I think we I pegged him at playing like forty or something like that. Yeah, which yeah. was, I mean, pessimistic for sure, but. I thought, yeah. I mean, I thought it would be a little bit more than that. I thought we'd maybe get like fifty games out of him. It would be just shy of like, yeah. I mean, you got to play at least sixty-five games, or you're, you know, not a true hooper. You're not a true hooper. He only missed fourteen games, which is fantastic. Um, I w- I was really psyched. It seemed like everything in the preseason was going to. It was all the right move. Yeah. It was all like he didn't play international ball. Definitely. Other than the World versus Africa game. Which yeah. Because w- he wanted to just train with the Clippers. Yeah. And get into shape. And one of the things we harped on him for the year before was that he was out of shape when he came into camp and he got hurt. Yeah. Which he didn't get hurt because he was out of shape, but recovery time is extended a bunch if you're not in shape to begin with. Definitely, yeah. And this year it was so great early in the season to read those reports of, like, he's in great shape. He looked better. Like, he yes. looked... I he, mean, he, that was the flip like side. He, he actually looked in good he shape. He physically <laughs> looked better. Um, yeah, he was definitely, like, a lot more cut. Uh, and I think another thing that we didn't... We haven't talked about yet, but I had not... I never estimated how strong of a veteran presence he would be in the locker room. Same here. Um, so he was, uh, you know, Doc talked about it multiple times. Like he does, he does interface a lot with the young guys, the rookies, and he just has a very different demeanor and kind of way of speaking to people um, and and dealing with rookies than they they're generally experienced to. Uh, and he's also like the guy. He's the guy championing all these like team dinners and stuff that happen all the time. You know, he's, he's the guy. That footing, wine, he's the guy footing the bill for this. <laughs> Um, Unlimited DiSerrano for all the rookies, <laughs> and I, I think that stuff like that, uh, you know, obviously is never going to show up in a stat sheet. But like to have that sort of uh, kind of grounding veteran presence is, uh, is is really really solid. There should be a team dinners stat. Oh yeah, like who pays for the most team dinners and yeah. who like kind of organized the. I'm assuming it's a Google Who sheet. organized it? Yeah, <laughs> what everyone ordered. Uh, I want to know if someone has a whack order. Yeah, but. The leadership, I would agree, is something that I didn't expect to see this year. Not because I didn't think he was a leader, but just because of last year. There was so much turmoil this year that it's pretty incredible he was able to be such a positive leader. Absolutely. Not because I don't think he could, but just Absolutely. a bunch of stuff going on. And I think that even in those few games that he was out, whether, I mean, if you want to call it fatigue or you want to call it injury, whatever, yeah. uh, it was kind of split from <laughs> what we were hearing from the training staff. Uh <laughs> He just seemed a lot more assertive in those games. Like he was a visible presence on the bench, um, and obviously everybody kind of derived something from him being there. Yeah, and now just talking about his game, we all kind of knew what the offense could be. Yeah, we oh, knew for sure. it was there, yeah. and it—he was one of the more consistent players of the whole team. Oh yeah, yeah. When he had a bad game, we would definitely feel it. But even when he wasn't shooting well, he would just find ways to contribute. Him and Lou, we're going to do Lou next week again. It was just by getting to the free throw line. Yeah, definitely. He had um we can, I'm just going to go into my favorite game. Okay. Uh this was December 10th, 2018 versus the Suns. He had 25 and 5, which is fantastic. 
Really good. And he went 11 and 12 from the line. Uh, the reason I picked this game, it's not his best game stats wise, but the reason I picked this game was the Clippers were in the middle of, we had lost two before this, and we were actually going to lose the four after this. This mm-hmm. was not a fun stretch. We watched this game and were very frustrated the whole time. Yeah. Um, but this game showed exactly what Gallo does when the team needed it, which was just get to the line. Yeah. <laughs> like, he only shot six of 12 from the field. I'm say only, that's still 50%. But he and Tobias both dragged us to victory. We only won that game by four points. Yeah. And so him getting to that line, it's just, it was a microcosm of everything he did the whole year. Anytime our team would have that frenetic half-court energy, Gallo was basically like, just give me the ball and I'm getting to the line. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. This is all that I need to do. Um, And it was huge. And you mentioned the Chargers. This was uh, Charles talking about the Suns game. uh, December back in December tenth. We only won by four. It was. It was one of those close ones. It was like we we kind of had a a cold December, January like kind of stretch, if you will. Um, It was the coldest winter, some would say. Um, What was your favorite Gallo game? So my favorite Gallo game. uh, I think I might have talked about this game in in one of the other things. So if I did, uh, forgive me. But my favorite my favorite Gallo (laughs) game all season was. at the beginning of March, March eighth, we took on the Thunder. It was a Friday night oh, game. Oh, this at is home. a good one. Uh, and his final stat line, he finished with uh, thirty-four, six and two. Uh, and he wasn't even the highest scorer on, on the team uh, in that game. And Lou Will scored forty that night. But in the first quarter, he went four of four from the field, <laughs> five of five free throw attempts, and had fifteen <laughs> points. Uh, so it was just like one of those glimpses. That like when needed, um, he can just decimate uh, yeah. defenses. Even like really good ones, like the OKC. That like even when their offense was slipping a little bit, they were still a top five defensive team, and it didn't matter when Gallo was out there. And I think like um, overall, like what that showed me too is, uh, and this is going to tie into like my one criticism maybe of Gallo is like, you know, when when Lou Will was getting hot, you know, like he was happy to defer. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's one of those things about Gallo that's like a double-edged sword. It, it's really great that uh, he doesn't always have to have the ball. He can defer to other guys. Um, and I think sometimes what's an issue is like we need him to be the guy. And I don't know. I agree with that. And, and this isn't really a fault on him. Um, or maybe it is. But like maybe he's just not that guy. You it's know what I mean? Like weird... Maybe he's not that guy who like in – Every single situation can can like shoot the lights out and score in the clutch. Yeah, it's just kind of a weird gray area because with him and Tobias, it was kind of like we both had two guys who were down to defer. Yeah, which is fantastic if you have that person to defer to. Definitely. Um, I think Gallo makes a perfect. Someone just asked if Gallo and Kawhi would work well. I, I love that pairing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I I love that pairing with Kawhi at the three and uh, Gallo at the four. It's just a you can score from a lot of places. He gives Kawhi a lot of space. Um and Gallo doesn't have to guard quicker threes, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, that's a really good game that you picked. Um, runner up that a bunch of people in the uh on Twitter mentioned the game against Memphis uh on November twenty third. Oh man, <laughs> this yeah. one was a doozy. He hit the three free throws to tie the game and send it to OT. We ended up winning, and this was the infamous. I have a great relationship with the basket game. 
Um, Meat claw lineup. I like <laughs> dude, that a oh, lot. Yeah. Also, uh, any any uh, game where he was playing the center was my favorite game. Yeah. That was something. My criticism, this is not even a criticism on Gallo, was it just more meatball lineup. More meatball lineup. Advocate for that more, Yeah, Gallo. I think I think we could have worked on that more, especially, like, I've harped on this all season long, but uh, in terms of post-up uh, offense, he was averaging, like, 1.1 points per it's possession crazy. in the post. He was top five post player in the league. Um, and I just think we could have utilized that maybe a little bit more. Maybe those numbers wouldn't have been as good if he was against traditional size centers more. We never know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, who's to say? He is still fast, and he can still get out there in transition. Um, he has a slower game in the half court for sure. Yes. But uh, I, I mean, I just think developing that physicality is always going to be good. And just that meat claw lineup, <laughs> dude. That can you imagine that? So like, let's go. I'm saying Shea at the one. Uh, probably Pat at the two, Sham at the three, Kawhi at the four, Gallo, Gallo at the, the five. five. Damn. That's, that's um, shooters. That's enticing. That's not getting stopped by a lot of people. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of weird kind of doing this season recap because we don't – he's on the team next year on the roster, but he seems to be – I feel like his name's getting floated a lot in trades or something like that. I, I hope he stays. So I've been firmly of the opinion – before we give our grades, yeah. I've been firmly of the opinion that uh, it's going to be hard to trade Gallo – for a plus trade, for like a net positive trade. Um, and a lot of people are saying, can we even expect Gallo to be healthy next year? And I think that that is a fair concern. I just think that, um, you know, having this this first year in a while where he's really been in shape, I think that it trains both you as a person um, and your body as a player to, to realize, you know, all the preparation that has to go into it and how carefully you have to kind of take care of everything. I also think something happens with older players. Um, I guess J.J. Reddick comes to mind, especially where, like, as you get older, you learn that you can't train the same way that you did when you were 20 because yeah. it doesn't have the same positive effects. You're not effects. running the hills with a 50-pound weight on Yeah, it doesn't have the same positive effects. Like, you need to focus more on recovery. You need to focus more on flexibility. Yoga. Um, and I just think that that's something that... I, I think that his game, you know, like, I could be shooting myself in the foot here, but I think that his game could age well. And yeah. I think that for the amount that he's currently holding on the cap sheet... Um, salary-wise, I don't really know what other player is out there that, like, a straight-up trade, we would get a better player. And we don't necessarily want or need another young guy to develop. Yeah. That's the thing you're going to hear a lot on this podcast. We don't need another young guy to trade for to try and log jam into those developments that we have. Definitely. Um, I think his game's going to age well. I He's a above-average passer for a big dude, and if we put him in the post, it's even better. Um, yeah, I would like to see. I mean, that's my only other nitpick is like that three assists per game. I would like to see that number higher. Could be a I think higher. I think if we used him in the post a little bit more in those kind of five lineups, he could do kind of the Draymond Green thing where like he's just able to whip the ball around to an open shooter. And if we get an offensive guy who is the number one guy, he d- he can get those assists because he won't have as much responsibility on the scoring end. Totally. Um, and I think it. that can also like on the other side make him stronger defensively. Yes. What we're saying is he's going to be as healthy as ever next year. He's going to be even better. Uh, no, hopefully. And that's a locked on clips guarantee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can expect health. I think health is a weird thing to try and expect. It's uh, yeah, from it's a guy just like so that. Hard. It's just so hard to say. Um, I just hope. I think we can put a hope that we hope that he plays at least fifty games next year. I think he'll play fifty games next year. I hope so. What's your grade for this season? I'm going A plus. <laughs> I'm going. Uh, he like uh, the highest letter grade <laughs> you can give. He exceeded every single one of my expectations, which were albeit pretty low. Uh, he was incredible. Yeah, I'm going A plus as well. It was he held the team together. It's I feel like we say that about every single guy, but every single guy did something so specific and well that it held the team together. Definitely. And somebody's asking right now, uh, I'm just going to touch on this because we're talking about Gallo yeah. and he, his name has come up in trade things. Uh, 
do you think do I someone asked if it would if it's realistic for us to go get someone like Kawhi or Clay and which would be a better fit next to Gallo? And I would probably say I would veer towards Kawhi. I would too. The guy um, who does more work is always the guy who I'd want next to Gallo. Yeah, I think a two-way monster next to Gallo. I mean, we can have another guard out there, at, and like you know, you could have Lou Will out there, and like you just have to worry less about some of the defensive liabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that a lot of players, like we talked about, Gallo's kind of ability to read and defer when needed, and I think that makes him a really great pairing for any time you want to bring in a superstar to a new team. Hundred percent. I can't imagine not wanting to play next to Gallo. Uh, that's been our rundown of that. Want to leave, leave one more memory from at Sinka gave us. She gave us a really good one. Her favorite memory of Gallo this year was the champagne shower after beating Minnesota to put the, Incredible. Put the playoffs. He had a double-double that game. Incredible. Too. Fantastic memory. Sinka, uh, coming up after this, we're answering your guys' questions off Twitter. But first, one more quick shout-out to Tom's Urban. Uh, honestly, wish I was there right now instead of work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just right next to Staples Center. If you're downtown LA Live for a game, if you're taking your tourist family around, <laughs> take them to Tom's Urban. Let them know oh, yeah. it was the buy first. Buy them an LA Live hat. <laughs> yeah, what get them an LA Live hat. Go watch the second round of the draft at Tom's Urban. See if we're going to take Taco Fall. Uh, one more time, Tom's Urban, LA Live. So back on Twitter Tuesdays, getting to your guys' questions. You got a few good ones sent in ahead of time. From this one, I just referenced it in the live read. From Ferdy Q asked, can we get some taco with our second round pick? Wanting to know if we should draft Taco Fall with our second round pick. No would be my short answer. <laughs> what do you think, Will? Um, I'm not familiar enough. Uh, he's just a giant man okay. who's really good. I believe he's seven. Where did he play? Six. He played for UCF. Okay. He broke every uh, metric you guys, on the I, I, I do apologize. <laughs> I have not been following the draft as much as I should have been yet. He's uh, a very tall I'm guy who seems much less skilled than Boban and doesn't have any uh, touch, really. Uh-huh. He can dunk well. I don't know. It just We don't need a young guy. Again, it'd be a developed piece. No one really knows where he's going to go in the draft. I don't know. He's like a meme pick. If we keep uh, Avica, I don't want any other young centers. I just yeah. think it's like it's a little too much to try and. We don't even have like an old center on the team to yeah, teach him anything. Yeah, I think that we need somebody. <laughs> yeah, I think we need a, a maybe a more veteran kind of center presence. Chris Roberts gave us one. This one's about Gallo. Would you prefer trading Gallo as a salary dump or trading him as a package along with Shamit or Jerome for someone like Bradley Beal? That's a juicy one. Plus a few picks. That's a juicy one. I think Gallo is too good for a salary dump. Yes. Uh, he's just he's just contributed too well um, to this team, and his ceiling is just so high. It, it's not worth it to me. To me, it's like the Knicks, Chris Stapps, Porzingis thing. Like you're really gonna give up your best player like for cap space? That's yeah, asinine. Yeah, and Gallo. I mean, we did see maybe Gallo's best season ever this year, but it could still be great next year. And the salary dump. This front office isn't the type to do anything to not get something useful in return. Yeah. So I don't think they're doing a salary dump with a guy who was as good as Gallo. But I do like the idea of trading for someone like Beal. As a package for Beal, uh, I think that's interesting. I think it's a good trade for sure. Um, Timeline-wise, Beal's a little younger, lines up a little bit better with the trajectory of the team long-term. He's locked um, up. He is locked up, uh, which is nice. I don't know, um, just depending on how things turn out in free agency this year what we're going to have to do to keep Gallo if that that's even going to be something that's going to be possible that's gonna after be, this contract is up hmm, um, I wonder what his contract's going to be like what's he going to be looking for I don't know I, I don't can't think you're imagine looking for more than 20 million 
Yeah, I, I would guess he's going to be looking for four for 80. I forget how old he is off the top of my head. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be an interesting spot to put us in. Uh, if he has another great year, I'm not sure. He might get overpaid by somebody the year after that. For sure. That. So he's currently... He's currently 30. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't want to overpay for him. The yeah, next year be might hard. be his kind of last great year. Um, D Davenport 04 gave us this one. Oh, someone just had, I believe that's Clipper Kyle. Contract year Gallo should be interesting. Dude, contract year Gallo might ball the hell out yeah. next year. Yeah. Hope he doesn't overdo it, though. Uh, D Davenport 04 sent us this one. This is the first one of like this we've had in a while. Where do you see Jerome's development going next year? Okay, so this is one of Love those. That question. This is another one of those things that I was wrong about this year. I had kind of said that uh, Jerome might reach his peak as a player before Shea, just because that peak is maybe a little bit lower. He's not going to be running an offense necessarily. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like a three and D kind of guy. Um, and I still think, um, I just still think that that's what his ceiling is. Uh, I think that his defense is going to come along a lot. He's he's gotten better at getting to spots. He's gotten to the point where he's like a net neutral to barely net negative defender. That's what I'm most looking forward to. And I think that he could be a plus defender uh, coming into next season and then just a little bit more confident shooting. Yeah, I want to see. I like his defensive semblance was there of it. I, I think I described him as I want him to be like a diet Clay Thompson. Yeah. In terms of his abilities. And I think that's still definitely possible. Diet Clay Thompson is a fantastic player, but I really want to see the defense get better and confidence. But I think that was mostly a being a rookie issue this year. Yeah. I don't think he lacks that in Well, general. and he had an injury too, which I feel like we can't overlook. Yeah. He was off the squad for a while and then he was in the G League. Uh, balling out of control. Somebody on the stream commented that uh, you know he, they like sham it a little bit better. They're kind of similar players. I definitely see that. Um, the only thing I would say that Jerome Robinson maybe has is like he has a little bit stouter of a build, so I could see him developing a better kind of like post defense game. Yeah, uh, he just has a little bit more. Uh, he, he has a frame. Uh, for a dude that could get bigger, if he could finish through contact, um, that'd be something that you know we don't really get a could, whole lot dude, of if from he could Landry. Get inside, yeah, that would be big. Just um, a, not even a bunch, obviously, because we want him to shoot the three. But if he could just bang in there a little bit, and I think having you know like and and I as I said earlier, like I don't see him necessarily running the point, but having the option of of another guy who can put the ball on the deck and like get to the rim, uh, I think would be huge. Um, yeah. I just don't know, you know. I, I don't know how how far that that skill is going to be going to come this summer. And I'm not sure. I think we might see him in the G League a bunch more next year. Uh, once again, it just depends on what happens in free agency. Yeah, it's like we have so many young guys we still got to develop, and he seems not behind, but he just played in the G League and was kind of hurt. And while Sham and Shea are getting first team reps, it's like where do you really put him in there? And yeah. we have Lou. Um, for sure. Someone said he could be our Derek White. That'd be awesome. God, I would love Derek that. White is a hooper. Uh, <laughs> True just, hooper. Just uh, <laughs> piggybacking off of that. Um, so uh, I believe it was Chief Chief Reef asked, "Will Shea and Sham play in the summer league this year?" Uh, I don't know, man. I hope not. I don't want them to. Shamit, I don't think should have to play preseason at all. He man. looks like a grown man already. <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, I kind of think that they. Man, it's so tough to say. <laughs> I don't want to. It's so to, tough dude. to say. Because, like, <laughs> I, I agree, like, why risk injury? But, like, the games are different. If you, I mean, I'm sure you guys have watched summer league games before. The effort level is not at that of a professional For sure. basketball game. Which is not to say that people don't get hurt. Um, but I don't know. My, 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 maybe my, five minutes a game? My <laughs> reference point is, like, it is always hard to reference, but, like, last year Tatum did play 
um, in Summer League, despite yeah. being one of the biggest players on a team that made the conference final. I'm excited to see Jerome in the Summer League. Yeah. That's going to be great. Um, but I, if Shea and Chan play, I hope it's like six minutes a game. Yeah, I don't imagine it would be much. And I think it I would only be... I hope we see Motley and Delgado destroy in the low post. Yeah. All Summer League. Um, coming up after this quick break, we're doing a couple more questions and giving some shouts out to the All-NBA Rookie Second Team members. But first, if you're listening to us and you're like, oh, how the hell did I find these guys? Check us out on the Himalaya app. Fantastic app. It's got all the Locked On uh, podcast network shows on there. You can order episodes. You can listen to the Lakers one. You can listen to ours. You oh, know, yeah. Whichever you want. One more time, shout out to the Himalaya app. Thank you for having us on there. So we want to give, just want to touch on this real quick. Uh, Shea and Sham were named to the All-NBA Rookie second team. Want to give a congrats to them. That's huge for their rookie season. However, a couple people ahead of Shea that shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Bagley and Jaron Jackson Jr. were named to the NBA Rookie first team. Yeah, but isn't that... Um, is it? It's position-based, isn't it? Uh, unclear. Okay. I think so. Because the um, only reason I see them being on the second team is because you did have the guards, Luka, Luka and Trae yeah, Young. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Shea played over 600 more minutes than either of those guys. Just interesting. I mean, Bagley, NBA rookie team's weird, I feel like. It yeah. was the first five picks. It's because the they're first forwards. Team. Yeah, exactly. Fourth, it's it's positional bait. Yeah. Oh, it's not positional. People are, I'm getting, getting conflicting a lot of arguments here. <laughs> Either way. Uh, Shea should have been on the first team. He, he was the only one who was on a playoff team who started uh, most of the games. I agree. Anyway, we also got Trez and Lou nominated for Sixth Man of the Year. Lou's pretty much taking that one home. And then Doc nominated for Coach of the Year. We got some hardware coming our way. Yeah, We got a bunch sure. of hardware coming our way. It's fantastic. Second team has four guards. Oh, okay. There you go. Not position-based. Shea should have been in the first team. Um, Patrick Beverly had a great tweet today. He said, we really challenge them better than anybody. Don't tweet me back <laughs> in reference to the Warriors. And that's true. We did challenge them better than anybody. I would be inclined to agree, yeah. If they win the championship, no one's going to remember that. Everyone knows they won. But everyone's going to remember the 31-point comeback. For sure. We're the only ones to win at uh, Oracle. Right, let's get to some more questions. I just had to get that off my chest. Um, What else do we got? Oh, Chenny John sent us a good one. Which of the young players out of Shea, Jerome, Lander, and Zubats is closest to their ceiling and which has the longest to go? Oh, wow. Um, I would say Landry is closest to his ceiling. He already looks so um, mature. We kind of know what kind of player he's going to be, and I, I could be surprised, um, <laughs> but I think that he's closest to his ceiling. We um, know what we're getting with him. We're like, all right, you already set the rookie Clippers record for threes in a season and in a half. This is what you do. You and immediately came in and it was like you might just shoot all threes today. Yeah, and he was like, "I'm fine with that." I think the guy who has the longest to go is Zubats. Uh, I actually think he has the longest to go, mostly just because he might be kind of important if we don't sign any other big centers. Yeah. So his um, responsibility is more. Or I was going to go with Shea. And and it's a little bit hard for me to judge Zubats because I know that he had some he had finger issues on both hands. Oh yeah, uh, that's insane, dude. But he he did lack some touch and finish around the rim. Um, Doc seems very confident in like his future playmaking abilities. Yeah. So we'll see. I I do feel like he like I I do feel like he's a solid young guy or or developmental piece. Um, it feels like he has. Probably the longest way to go, though. And then, actually, though, I'm going to say Shea is mm. very far from his ceiling, but that's just because I think 
that Shea's ceiling is so high. And the scope of what he has to do is so much bigger oh, than those yeah, other guys. Yeah, yeah. No disrespect I mean, to like, those other guys. I, I think it would be almost a disappointment if Shea was nearing his ceiling at the end of this year. Yeah, uh, I'd be pretty pumped. If you catch my drip. Like, I just think that, I mean, like, it'd be cool, but also lame. <laughs> I think his assist game is going to get so much better. We saw just in this season uh, how many more tools he was able to add with uh, you know some, some pump fakes and shot fakes. Uh, how much more comfortable he got finishing with both hands around the rim, uh, taking contact. I just think that all, like, he has a long way to go, but that's only because I think that he can be an elite guard in this league. And he's learning how to get buckets from one of the best people to learn how to get buckets from. For sure. Got that Lou Will next to him. Yeah. Someone commented that Zubats is going to be raining threes next year. If you haven't seen it, Zubats posted a video of him absolutely cashing threes yeah (laughs) for sure maybe not uh maybe not five attempts a game but one attempt a game would be pretty funny i think i'd be okay with that uh somebody's commenting uh zubats and sham seem to have great chemistry they had like three solid lobs together oh yeah Yeah, i think the chemistry is going to improve uh zubats is a big shea fan too uh he talked about them just kind of like working more in practice to to kind of feel each other out there were a couple of great um great feeds from shea this season too to zubats but uh overall yeah, I feel like Zubat's game has a long ways to go, um, but that's not to say that he isn't good and he isn't a solid contributor. Yeah, it's and again, they had so little time together. Sham, Zu, Shea, very, I mean, they had a third of a season and the first round of the playoffs. Isn't that insane? It feels it's crazy, like, dude. It feels like we've spent so much time with this team as currently constructed. 100% right. Someone just said Zu was greater than Hoodie Mello. Couldn't agree with that. All right. <laughs> Guys, that about wraps it up for us on the recording. We're going to be hanging out on the live stream for a few more minutes. Friday, we're going to be coming at you unless something truly insane happens. Yeah. Between now and then, we're going to be recapping Zubats's uh, rookie, or not rookie season, excuse me, his rookie season with the Clippers, I guess. You know what I'm trying to say. Uh, we're going to be <laughs> debut. doing debut. We're going to be doing some Love, Mary Kill. Oh, yeah. We're going to do it. First of all, last week's Love, Mary Kill, let us know what you guys thought of it, uh, what Clippers parties you would like to go to. And then, whatever happens between now and then, we will also talk about. Guys, I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I'm William the Opinion Update. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for streaming. Everything. Yeah. See you next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.